Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Random Acts of Kindness, 101 Stories of Compassion and Paying It Forward. Good morning, Amy. Thanks for joining me this morning and a happy Tuesday to you. Good morning, Johnny. Thank you for having me on again to talk about our new bestseller. This is a fantastic book, Amy. I tell you, Random Acts of Kindness is a pleasure to read. The book covers a broad spectrum of deeds I actually believe we sometimes take for granted. And I'm especially overjoyed, to be honest with you, that you have a high number of men contributing to this wonderful book. So congratulations to that. Oh, thank you. I mean, we... We always have men in our books, but it does seem like this topic was particularly good for men. They, a lot of them wrote wonderful stories for us. And we don't really go through saying, oh, man, female. You know, we, <laughs> we just pick the best stories. But it just happened yeah. that the men were very inspired this time. So true. What I saw in the book is that because of the way things happen and the man has a sort of a different perspective on what random act of kindness is all about. And what I also experienced, I guess, in the sense of reading their stories is that they're a little bit more engaging and a different flavor. And I appreciate, I guess, from a man's perspective, because I can see how certain things, what may be considered as nothing special, but to these men and to me, I totally get it from that perspective. So I really encourage a lot of men out there to particularly read this book because, hey guys, we're finally getting noticed that we are actually a sensitive guy as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Lots of sensitive guys. Well, I think it's just that um, women are doing for others all day long and maybe we're more Mm -hmm. accustomed to it. So Mm -hmm, for the mm -hmm. men, it probably just struck them more when they were the mm-hmm. recipients or the doers of a good deed. Right. Right. So true. So why did Chicken Soup decide to publish this book? Um, I try to think about how this idea came to me. I'm the one who comes up with all the title ideas. Uh-huh. I think I had noticed that we had a lot of stories coming in for our other books that were about random acts of kindness. And I thought, let's do it. Let's do a book just on this topic. And it's weird. You know, we always have to come up with these ideas at least a year before they come out. And it's amazing to me how often I'll come up with an idea. And then by the time it comes out, people are saying, wow, that's the perfect book for these times. And I didn't know when I came up with this idea that we were going to go through a very divisive presidential election 
I mean, mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm. I came up with this way before we had, um, you know, the splintering of the European Union due to Brexit mm-hmm. in the UK, and um, way before we became even more focused on all of these devastating wars and the refugee crises in the Middle East and Africa and Europe. And it just seems like we hit it perfectly in terms of timing for this book. There's a real need for it. But I didn't know any of these bad things were going to happen when I came up with the idea. And now we're finding that people are going crazy. It's just Mm -hmm. helping to renew their belief in the goodness of humanity. And so the book is a bestseller. We had to go to a second printing uh, before the book even went on sale because the Mm -hmm. stores were ordering so many of them. So Mm -hmm. it's been very gratifying to know that people are so excited about reading 101 stories about random acts of kindness. Right. That's very interesting. One of the things over the years that I have gotten from reading the various chicken soup books and also doing the interview with you is that chicken soup has sort of a unique touch to topics. So how is this particular book, Random Act of Kindness, special and different? Um, I think what's amazing about it is that you would never expect you could have 101 stories about random acts of kindness and not have them get repetitive. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. diversity of the stories is amazing to me. Oh, and here's another interesting thing. When we were putting the book together, we were overwhelmed by the number of submissions. We had more than 6,000 stories submitted for this title. And we only have 101 spots in the book, so you can see how hard it would be to yeah. get in. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really hard for me to narrow it down to the 101 that made it into the book. And I have dozens of stories that I reluctantly left out of the book and we've kind of put them aside in case we do a second volume on mm-hmm. the same topic. It's um but it's something we're actually seeing not just for this topic about kindness, but I've been seeing this in general for the submissions we're getting. I think that people really need chicken soup for the soul right now. That's what we're hearing from people. And so our level of submissions Mm-hmm. has jumped up dramatically, and we are overwhelmed with great stories. For our Mother's Day book that's coming out um, March 21st. Next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. Yeah, we had so many great submissions that I ended up basically creating our 2018 Mother's Day book also from one back wow. because I, I ended up with something like 170 stories that I couldn't part with. I mean, I just, I was like, we have to publish all of these. So we said, all right, we're 70 stories into next year's Mother's Day book. Wow. Yeah, we've just been, Yeah, I think, I don't know, people are really responding to us now. Like our sales are way up. Yeah, um, yeah. Across the board, like in our pet food business, we're mm-hmm. at record levels, our book business, just all of our businesses, everything is going really well. It's just that, I guess we have what people need right now. I'm so glad you said that because I think in absence of a reminder, we are all searching and trying to grasp whatever straws that are out there. And I'm so glad that Chicken Soup is putting out the basic fundamental aspects of being a human being. And that is, these are the common 
connections that we do. Everybody wants to do right. Everybody wants to be safe. Everybody wants to be loved, listened to, and respected and trusted. Well, and when people are... When people are together on a one-on-one basis, they tend mm-hmm. to be kind to each other. Yeah. And with the divisiveness that we've had, not only in the U.S., but also in European countries, not so much Canada. Canada's, Canada's cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> they went through their presidential election just fine. They're in great shape. But the U.S. and a lot of other countries are really going through some tough times right now in terms of the citizenry having different views as to what is best for their country. And so it is very easy to fall into that trap of just being furious with the people mm-hmm. who don't agree with you politically. And I think that when we get down to the one-to-one level, which is where this book is, we realize that right. um, we all really do want the best for everyone. We just have different opinions as to how to get there. And so right. this book reminds us that Everyone is actually nice. Everyone is trying their best. And it once we're one-to-one with each other, everything is mm-hmm. fine again. So this reminds us of that. You're right. Because in the end, the end zone or whatever you want to call it, the end of the line is that everyone wants to be happy, secure, and safe, and love. So that's all we are pursuing, the happiness, the future that we want for us and for our kids. So I agree with that. You mentioned something about the fact that this book is a bestseller right now. One of the things that you did not mention is that this book is also kind of tied in to the TV show that you guys have been doing. Yeah, we have a television show that is in its second season now on CBS. In most markets, it's on Saturday mornings. Um, Sometimes it gets preempted by sports and it will appear on a Sunday morning. But the Mm -hmm. show is called... Chicken Soup for the Souls, Hidden Heroes. It's hosted by Brooke Burke Charvet, and it is the television depiction of the same kinds of stories that we have Mm -hmm. in our Random Acts of Kindness book. It's stories about people doing wonderful things for each other. It's really inspiring. I've Mm -hmm. been watching it and really enjoying it. I don't have anything to do with creating the show. I just get to watch it like anybody else, (laughs) but I DVR it, and Uh (laughs) and I always watch it, and it does definitely make you feel great about humanity. And, of course, it has the same message that our book has, which is that mm-hmm. the doer of the good deeds is even happier than the recipient of the good deeds because one of the best ways to make yourself happy is to do something for someone else. Right, right. That's true. And scientific research have backed that concept. It's something that happens in us that changes our dynamics when we do something good, even though we're in the midst of a crisis and so forth, for that moment in time when we are needed, and every one of us wants to be needed, and that's part of that validation of our existence in some ways. Yeah, I think that people um, even use doing good as a cure for people who are going through depression, people Mm -hmm. who are suicidal. Uh, If people feel that they are adding value and that they're appreciated, that they have purpose, it makes them feel so much better. And so that brings up that some people resist having good deeds done for them. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so and that is that is an issue where we've had stories about this in the past, actually, in other books where people 
were turning away uh, help that they actually needed. And then right. I remember we had a story in one of our books where a woman kept turning away help. She was going in for surgery, and she kept turning away help from her friends. And then finally one of her friends said to her, if you accept my help, you are honoring me. If you don't mm-hmm. accept my help, you are dishonoring me. You know, like, right. it's actually, right. you're actually doing a good deed. Also, right. if you let someone do a good deed for you because you're allowing them to have that good feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's important mm-hmm. as well. So it's, it's it gets very circular and confusing, doesn't it? Like the recipient <laughs> of the good deed, of course, feels good because he received the good deed, but the doer of the good deed feels good. And then you are actually depriving someone of that feeling if you don't let them help you. And so often I see people turning away help and hurting the feelings of the one who wants to help them and also depriving of that person of all of those good feelings that come from helping, it definitely right. makes us feel good. That's what I always say. The best way to make yourself feel great this year is to do a random act of kindness for someone. And so if you true. are, If you're having a down day, go out and do something nice for someone, and all of a sudden your day will become a lot brighter. It is amazing when you do something good for others that you feel good, but then on the other hand, on the receiving end, and I've been on both sides of the equation, and I have to tell you, it's very difficult to receive. A couple of things. Number one is the sense of weakness. It's a sense of like, oh my gosh, I've never been in this position before, embarrassment and so forth. But once you overcome that, and the key you brought up just now, the giver is sharing something of value, and you're looking at something that you're valuing the friendship the act of kindness from the other person. Now the dynamics change. Both of you feel good because you realize that this is what it's all about. Not only have you experienced the experience of giving, now you can truly experience the experience of receiving as well. Yeah, we all have times in our lives when we need help Mm -hmm. and we all have times in our lives when we provide help. And it's this give and take, this ability to be both a provider and a recipient you know, depending Mm -hmm. on our circumstances, that really makes us part of a community of people who really do care about one another. And that's what's great about this book. It definitely restores your faith in humanity and the fact that we are all capable of being kind to each other. And if you read these stories about random acts of kindness, you'll find you walk around on the street and you look at people differently, that they're all inherently good. So, I find it very encouraging, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons why the book is flying off the shelves <laughs> at Walmart and Books a Million and Barnes and & Noble and Amazon and every other place that books are sold, uh, because it is exactly what people are looking for. And then the cover is really cute, too. I don't I know what you thought cover. of the cover, but we're know, getting a lot it. of comments from people. <laughs> yeah, there's an elephant, and it's holding an umbrella. It's a rainy day, and there's an elephant sitting next to what I think is a cat. But everybody has a different opinion as to what animal it's sitting next to. Uh, but it's holding an umbrella over some furry little creature, and they're sitting on this <laughs> bench together looking out at the ocean. It's really cute. Uh, this is very interesting. So we get the rest of the story right here. I'm looking at it right now. And so you are the editor-in-chief, and you have no control on that little creature that's sitting right beside that cute elephant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cat. <laughs> I, I thought it was a cat too. Some people think it's a dog. I don't, and then some people think it's like 
I don't know, a woodchuck or something, but I'm going to go with a cat. <laughs> That's right. I agree with you. I have to go with a cat. So anyway, because of the sales that you have in this book, I honestly believe that we're all ready for the messages in the book and the uniqueness of the various stories. Again, this is very interesting. You have a lot of men in there and you have a variety of people that contribute all kinds of stories. What amazes me is the fact that I'm reading it, as I mentioned in the beginning of the introduction, that sometimes, ah, you know, this is no big deal. But then what may not be a big deal to you and me for the recipient is a huge deal at the moment in time. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's just a few well-chosen words that changes everybody, you know, that changes everything for the recipient. I mean, you never know. Some people reported that just a few well-chosen words changed everything for them when they were having a bad day or a bad mm-hmm. month or a bad year, whatever it was, that mm-hmm. just a, a few words was enough to turn everything around for them and enough for them to cling to and have a better outcome after that. So, yeah, it, it can be very, very simple. Um, I know we have a story in here from a woman who was um, at the doctor's office and her kid was screaming and she felt so terrible that her kid was screaming and she she just felt like everything was out of control. She was a new mom. And then she looked around at all these other mothers who were sitting at this doctor's office. I think it was a pediatrician's office. And she was trying to apologize to them for her screaming baby. And they just looked at her and said, it's okay. We've all been through it too. We've all done it. And now it's your turn. And mm-hmm. them saying that to her, well, now it's your turn changed everything for her and she clung to that for the whole rest of the time that she was raising little kids it's just (laughs) your turn now you know we all and i i know i feel that way like when i'm on an airplane and i see a mother and she's struggling with a screaming baby i'm never upset with her because i remember being on an airplane with a screaming baby and so i just think to myself well i've been through that i don't have to do that anymore and now it's your turn to do that. But I totally understand it, and nobody's mad at you. Very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Random Acts of Kindness, 101 Stories of Compassion and Paying It Forward. Amy, did you experience something new while putting together this wonderful book yeah I think so because I I think that it made me feel even better about people as well and I put this book together I guess I was doing the final editing Mm -hmm. right after the election so I felt that it was good for healing uh, and realizing that people are inherently good and even though you know, I didn't agree with, you know, half of us voted for one person, half for the other person. I, you know, that I couldn't be mad at them. Like everybody yeah, had yeah. good intentions. And so it it helped me because we all have to learn to live together now and stop being angry with each other. And so it helped me to see the inherent goodness in people. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely part of the healing process. Very interesting. What is the most compelling story 
that you encounter in the book? <laughs> They're all so good, but I guess there's mm-hmm. there's one that I already I already actually did a podcast mm-hmm. on this story. Mm-hmm. I think I ran the podcast a couple of days ago. It's a story by Amy May Wiley and she was turning 40 and she wanted to have a different kind of birthday and she, I mean it's been a long time since I turned 40 so I you know I still think of that as being very young but she felt old and hated the fact that she was turning 40 she intuitively knew that the best way to make herself feel good was mm-hmm. by doing good deeds for other people so that's what she did on her 40th birthday she baked cookies she got a whole bunch of flowers and starting at 5.30 in the morning when she went to the gym while her kids were still sleeping, she started giving out bunches of flowers to people, packages of the homemade cookies. Um, she spent the entire day bringing gifts to other people. And mm-hmm. when she picked up her kids from school, she got them involved also. And they started things like they went to a Salvation Army store or a Goodwill store and they put uh, dollar bills inside some of the articles of clothing they went to a playground and they left, um, I think they left quarters around for kids to pick up and say, oh, my gosh, I you know, got a quarter. They went to a store and put quarters in all of the candy machines, you know, the gumball machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and she just gave flowers to all these different people. And she even got a thank you note a few weeks later from one of the people saying that she had been having a horrible day and getting the flowers from Amy changed everything for her and she just wanted to thank her so much for that. So that's how she spent her 40th birthday. She went around doing little good deeds, giving little gifts to all of the people in her life who she wanted to show appreciation to. It's a wonderful story. And what is interesting about that story is that you as an individual decide, Hey, today I'm going to just do something good randomly at different times of the day at no particular situation. When you're in that mindset, you have a different sort of feeling all over you. And then, of course, catching someone off guard and doing something great, seeing them smile, their reaction, is just priceless. It is. And um, there was a great example of that. The very first story in the book, Mm -hmm. you know, the first story in the first chapter is always a real place of honor for us. (laughs) And it's a story called some kind of miracle. It's by Alice Faye Duncan. So Alice did something really cool. She um, she worked at a school where there was a teacher who um, had a you know an old car and didn't have a lot of money. She was a single mother with a young son, but she never complained. And she was a fabulous teacher. I mean, kids used to the mothers used to you know compete to try to get their kids assigned to this teacher. Her name was Jean. And then one August, everybody returned to school and discovered that Jean was driving up in her sputtering old car, not just with her one son, but with two more girls, teenagers. And it turned out that over the summer, Jean had come across these girls who needed to leave the home that they were in. One of them actually had a baby. And she took these two girls and the baby into her home, but now she couldn't really squeeze them into her car. And so Alice, who was another teacher there, wrote a letter to the Oprah Winfrey Show, told them all about Jean and what a wonderful teacher she was, how she always put her kids first. Now she's 
you know, taking in these two teenage girls and a baby for foster care, and that what she really needed was a van, even just a beat-up old van, but just something a little bit bigger. And a month later, the principal called Jean into his office and told her that she was going to a teacher's conference in Chicago, but secretly she was going to the Oprah show. (laughs) And, uh, of course, Alice you know, was told what was going on because she had set up the whole thing. And Jean went to Chicago, was, you know, taken by limo to the Oprah show, goes on stage and is told that she's getting a new Chrysler van for her family. And Alice was watching 600 miles away on television and was so happy that she had been able to write this letter and get this van uh, from Chrysler, you know, via the Oprah show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. wonderful teacher who never complained and gave so much. So that was a great story about doing a great, de- you know, doing a good deed for somebody where a lot yeah. of people came together to make that good deed happen. By the way, the book offers 11 chapters and they're all wonderful chapters. And chapter one is miracle happen. I love this story. The idea of somehow here you're minding your own business, but, People take notice on how hard you do, and if you're sincere, they will go out of their way to help you out to have a better living. Yeah, and there was another story in that chapter about a woman who helped somebody, another single uh, woman in need, and this was a story called The Gift Card. And this was written by Margaret Nava, and Margaret wasn't doing that well herself. She was having a tough year She didn't have a job anymore, so she just had Social Security and then some income from freelance writing. I mean, she's written a few stories for us, so we were part of that income. And she was also having some health problems. Her car was failing, and uh, her water heater and her furnace both broke. So it was a really tough year, and she got a Christmas card from somebody. It was anonymous, though, and there was a gift card in there, and it just said, buy something special for yourself. But there was no dollar amount written on the gift card, so she had no idea what it was worth. But anyway, she worked at a food kitchen at her church, and a woman came into this food kitchen and seemed even worse off than Margaret and said she was spending her first Christmas alone. Her husband had been killed in an accident when he deliberately drove his truck off the road to avoid hitting a car that had a family in it. And he ended up being killed while the family was fine. And so Margaret reached into her pocket and handed this woman the gift card. And that much more about it until at the New Year's service, their pastor read a letter that came from that food pantry. And this woman said that she had come into the food pantry thinking that the little meal she was going to make herself for Christmas was probably going to be her last meal because she really didn't want to go on with life. Mm -hmm. And then this nice woman at the food pantry handed her a gift card without telling her how much it was worth, and it turned out it was worth $500. And that turned her life around financially but also emotionally, and now she was going to live life and move forward, not think about killing herself anymore. And so Margaret says... You know, most times we don't learn the end results of our seemingly random acts of kindness, but once in a while, we do. Um, Mm -hmm. Either way, Mm -hmm. 
our reward comes not from the knowing, but from the doing. So I thought that was a great story that she gave away a $500 yes. gift card without knowing it. That's right. The moment calls for it. And again, you are looking at how may I contribute to you, to your happiness, to you getting a leg up in so many ways. And so that is truly a very unselfish act that it just happens. It's something not calculated. I don't think she went in there and said, gee, who can I give this card to? I mean, she has enough problems of her own. And because of the compassionate heart, she's just able to naturally say, at this moment in time, I believe you are in much need than I do. And she did what she did. And it's truly, truly very moving story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter two is very interesting. This is what you mentioned just now. Sometimes when we talk about just simple words that makes a difference. Chapter two's title is Just the Right Words. The story that I like best in that chapter, again, all the stories are fantastic and I'm partial to this because it's from a guy, the sign. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Half the, half the stories in this chapter were, were written by men. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that is. I mean, it's probably just coincidence, but they seem very oriented towards this topic of just the right words. So Steve Schultz, who's written for us many times, he is a basketball coach and an English teacher. And um, he's a pretty well-known teacher, pretty well-known writer. Um, and he he was starting to get unmotivated at school. He'd been thinking about leaving the teaching profession. He was in his fourth year, and 50% of teachers were leaving the profession by their fifth year, and he thought he was going to be in that 50%. And so what he really needed was some kind of sign telling him that he should stay. And so what happened was one day he um, went somewhere, and he walked in. I guess he had to go to a funeral, and then he had to go to some restaurant for a team dinner or something. He didn't know why he was going there. And he walked in and he found 40 of his students all dressed up and they had put together a surprise dinner for him just to, just to thank him. Mm -hmm. And they said to him, you know, you've made us, you've made all of us feel loved. You've made all of us feel like we mattered. You, we are doing what you've taught us to do. We are being leaders and we want you to know that you were loved and that you matter. So of course it's what I said earlier Mm-hmm. In our discussion today, when people feel that what they do has value and makes such a difference to them. So he had to try really hard not to cry in front of all these high school boys. Um, <laughs> and anyway, it turned everything around for him, and he decided to re-up for another year as a teacher. And he still is a teacher. And In fact, he was voted Teacher of the Year by the student body that year. Um, and so it just shows how... You never know when some kind words can be delivered by you at exactly the right mm-hmm. time for for the recipient. Mm-hmm. So true. The reason I chose that story is because during this times of turmoil, especially, I guess, in education in the United States and so forth, I like to kind of remind all the educators out there, the reward comes from the students, how they value you. That's where you can see yourself on how much of an impact that you do. I'm not a teacher per se in the sense that in an organized school, my only exposure from a standpoint of being involved with teens is 
my dance partner and I teach the National Charity League father-daughter dances once a year. I had, I wouldn't say a tough time, but like their faces, these ladies, these young ladies at 16, 17 years old, or 18, are sort of very, they're not emotional to me. They're really wonderful among friends. They open up and so forth. Now they're looking at me like, maybe I'm a serious guy, I don't know. But at the end of that three-month project that we do, they are very, very thankful. And that makes me want to do it for another year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because I feel the energy. But during the times like, oh my God, maybe they don't like me. Maybe I'm on them too hard, doing this way, that way, and so forth. But in the end, the precious moment comes from the point when they actually perform on the floor and they're so excited and they're very thankful for what I've contributed to them for the last three months, per se. I'm glad you brought up teachers because we're actually, we just finished a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Inspiration for Teachers. Mm-hmm which we made with um, the California Teacher of the Year, Alex Kajitani, who was mm-hmm. actually a finalist. He was in the top four to become National Teacher of the Year. And um, Alex and I talked a lot about how teachers don't know enough that they are appreciated. Mm-hmm. And if they knew they were appreciated, that would help a lot with teacher retention, which is a nationwide problem of losing teachers. And so the book that we put together, Inspiration for Teachers, is filled with stories about teachers having an epiphany like this where they all of a sudden realize that they are beloved, that they have added great value, that they have changed lives, and that that helps them to um, re-energize themselves and sign up for another year as teachers. So that book is going to be coming out from us in April. Wonderful. Looking forward to talking with you about that. Yeah, I think I'll I'll have you talk to Alex also because Alex. Fantastic. Um, yeah, he's he's great. He speaks all over the country now. He just stopped working in a classroom and now he goes around the country, helping to motivate teachers and help with this teacher retention problem. Fantastic. Well, the next chapter is very interesting. One good deed deserves another. I chose this particular story. A good bet, because I thought in a way it's kind of funny how you talked about this very much because you coined the word boomerang. So I'll let you explain to us what this story is all about, a good bet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're referring to my smile as a boomerang thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this was definitely another boomerang story. So Lisa, she actually had grown up with horses and racing her father had even owned a racehorse at one point and he used to be a big better and they would go to the track all the time. But then unfortunately, as happens with people who are big betters, you know, the house always wins. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. her father Mm -hmm. eventually lost a sizable chunk of his fortune, um, actually betting in a casino, not on horses. (laughs) And so Lisa was not having the kind of life she had had as a girl going to the racetrack all the time. But she and her husband decided that for their 15th anniversary, they would go back to the racetrack and they would have a really nice dinner at a nice restaurant. And so they went to a a really nice restaurant and they were, you know, enjoying their dinner. And then they looked over and they saw that there were two people who were looking for something under their table. Um, And they went over and said, what's wrong? And the woman had lost an earring, they thought. But then she said, no, no, I lost my hearing aid. 
And so they couldn't find it. So Lisa and her husband said, well, we'll help you find it. And they finally did find the hearing aid. And unbeknownst to them, the woman um, paid for their dinner. And so now they had all this money that they would have spent on dinner. And so they went to the racetrack and they used that money that they would have paid for dinner and they put it down on a long shot and they actually ended up putting down $20 and they made $250. And so (laughs) that was a great anniversary for them and a wonderful result. Of course, they didn't want a financial reward from this nice woman for helping her find her hearing aid, but she did. She ended up paying for their dinner. They, used part of that money to put a bet on a long shot and they won. It's just a beautiful story. And I thought it was kind of funny in a way because you do things, sometimes you don't know what the ripple effect of what you did will eventually Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to, to find yeah. out what she did. What did she do with the $250? I bet she went and did something really nice with the $250 also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Chapter four is another wonderful, simple, yet very profound. One little thing, one big difference. A Wise Friend by Benny Wasserman. Tell us about that. So Benny Wasserman, if you look him up on the internet, you will see a guy who looks like Albert Einstein. Benny Wasserman, um, then this wasn't in his story, but later in life, he he has a second career as an Albert Einstein lookalike, which is really funny. I think that is such a funny second career, but that's what he does now. He's an Albert Einstein lookalike. Um, but anyway, this story is about when he was much younger. He was he was a kid, and he had a really good friend, and his friend kept trying to get him to read. But Benny hated school because he hated reading. And this friend of his gave him this book and said, you really have to read it. And um, finally, when they were graduating from high school, Benny's friend asked him what college he was going to. And Benny said, I'm not going to college because my father can't afford it. And his friend gave him a book. And then finally, Benny actually started reading the book. And he discovered that this book was an amazing, changed his life. It was um, Martin Eden by Jack London, and it took him a long time to read this book because Benny was not very interested in reading. Um, But it was about a man who had a poor educational background and then somehow managed to educate himself and become a published author. And that was exactly what Benny needed. And so that opened up the world of books to him. And then he goes on to say, guess what happened to my wise friend, the one who got me to finally read a book? (laughs) That wise friend of his went on to graduate from Harvard Law School. He became a civil rights attorney. And then at the age of 44, he was elected to the United States Senate from the state of Michigan. He served six terms in the U.S. Senate, um, and and his name was Carl Levin. And so it was very interesting. He's talking about this well-known senator and how he did this kind thing for him as a young man. It's a beautiful story. And these are the things that we talk about. Something very kind of like not really big, but you keep on nudging and doing something simple that ripple effects. The further it goes, the bigger that ripple is. And so it's just a, such a beautiful and motivating story to read and connect with. 
You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Random Acts of Kindness, 101 Stories of Compassion and Paying It Forward. And I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Chapter 5 is very interesting because this is the kind of thing where we don't realize ourselves and the title of the chapter is just perfect. Who Helped Whom? Amazing Grace by Paul Lyons. Again, it's a guy thing. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's a wonderful story that illustrates the fact that sometimes you can be the benefactor and sometimes you can be the recipient. And as you go through life, you're going to be in both positions many times. And so you should gracefully accept mm-hmm. that. And so uh, what Paul tells us is that he first met this man named Starr 20 years ago when he was living, when Starr was living on the streets of New York City. And Starr would find things that people had thrown away and then would resell them. And so um, Paul was one of his customers. And then Paul started helping Starr get off the streets. He helped him find a job. Um, he took Star to go and see his kids, and he just he found he helped Star find work, and then um, Star ended up, you know, having a much better life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Paul moved to Los Angeles from New York, and Paul's career faltered, and he was at the lowest point in his life, and he was really feeling down on his luck. And then Starr called him and said that he was a building manager now and he was taking college courses and he was seeing his children again and he had been, and he had been sober for four years. And Starr said to Paul, I can't thank you enough for all you did for me. And that made Paul realize that if Starr could turn his life around, well then, so could Paul. And that gave him the energy to go out and change his life and get his own life back on the upswing again. And so that's what the story was. But he helped this homeless man, and then the homeless man helped him. It's a wonderful story, and this is how, if we talk about karma, for those of you who believe in that, you notice that how things comes back in so many different ways. It's just a wonderful reminder of us, ourselves. We are down. We're not out. All we need is a little spark that can motivate us to get going again. My mom used to tell me, cream always rises to the top. Sometimes we need coming back to the same concept of just a little nudge, the words and so forth. The phone call made the difference to kind of get you going again and making you realize that in every one of us, there's a seed of greatness that we can excel. Um, That is all so true. And the next chapter in the book talks about how you can never start that too young, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of stories about kids. I love it. Yeah. Either naturally coming to understand how they can perform random acts of kindness or adults helping to teach them how to do that. Uh, But we have a lot of stories about kids doing random acts of kindness. And um, one of them is cool. It's by Lauren Bell. It's called From $5 to a Wealth of Compassion. And it's about this um, high school teacher who wanted to help his kids learn about what it would be life like to, you know, always have mm-hmm. doing for others in your life. And so 
they were studying Buddhism in school because they, they had this course about introduction to world religions. And so as part of this unit, he gave each student an envelope with a $5 bill in it and a note that said, use this gift for good and then return and tell your story. And so the students all went off with their $5 to do their acts of kindness and then come back and report on them. So he says three students took their $5 to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> um, this story happened in Massachusetts. And I don't know if Dunkin' Donuts is everywhere in the country, but it's everywhere here on the East Coast. We have um, so Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin'. Yeah, in Dallas. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it started here in New England. Um, so the students went to Dunkin' Donuts, and they bought hot chocolates, and then they went to this bus stop. It was freezing cold, and they gave out the hot chocolates to shivering you know, travelers mm-hmm. who they met at the bus stop. Um, and then another student remembered that there was a homeless man who would come to the sub shop where the student worked, and so he bought the man a foot-long sub, and he felt really great after he did that. Another student took her $5 to a dollar store, and she bought some warm clothes, some hats, gloves, and scarves, and she distributed them to homeless people. Another girl bought milk and bread for her neighbors. Um, Some of the kids pulled their money and bought gifts for the Toys for Tots program. Mm -hmm. And so it was really wonderful. This teacher was so invigorated by watching how his students embraced doing good deeds for people. And a lot of them ended up raising additional money to do even more good deeds. And so he said, do teachers really make a difference? My students reassured me the mm-hmm. world is in good hands. So it was really nice. And I thought, what yeah. a great project. That's a wonderful thing for somebody to do. Um, I could see doing that even at a birthday party or something, you know, give money yeah. to each kid yeah. and then go out and do good deeds together. Mm-hmm. So true. I chose that story simply because, again, it comes back to the teaching profession. It's not all about X's and O's, one plus two. It is something else. It's about humanity coming back to the understanding of we are in this little village that we live. We need to connect with one another. And I thought the teacher did an excellent job by teaching something that is actually should be taught at home. But I'm so glad that he brought it into the system, the schooling system, to teach students what it's all about, being kind. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, it, it, and I think that that goes right into our next chapter, which is called mm-hmm. It Takes a Village, because mm-hmm. that's about how all of us unite to do these good deeds for each other. And I know you love this story by Woody Woodburn, <laughs> who is a very well-known, he's a very well-known writer, a sports journalist, um, and he's a big expert on Coach John Wooden. And mm-hmm. what John Wooden is known for having said, you can't live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. Um, although you and I both know that with the boomerang effect, somehow things do come back around to you. That's correct. Uh, but Woody talks in his story about how um, he went, he, he noticed one day that all these good things were happening all around him. And so um, the first thing that happened was that he was at, one of those restaurants where you get your food and then you need to go sit down, 
you know, and sometimes you can't find a table that you can sit at. And there were, it was Woody, his wife, and his two kids. And there was a, a couple who were sitting at a table for four. And so the couple got up and went over to a table for two and gave him the table for four, which is not a big deal. But, you know, people don't always do that. And so it struck him. Um, and then what he did was he put two drinks on his tab for the next couple that sat at that mm-hmm. same table. So he couldn't take care of the couple who had moved for him, but he decided to do it for whoever the next two people were who sat at that table. And um, and his day just continued on like that. Um, he got um, a book from somebody. He went and made a speech, and somebody gave him a book that, that she thought he would like. And so he wrote a contribution to his local library because he had gotten a book for free. Um, and then he was asked to donate a few books. He had written Wooden and Me, and he donated eight instead of the four that they asked him for. And then he went to buy um, sunflowers, and he kept trying to give this lady more money than she wanted. He wanted to give her a $20 bill for a $5 bunch of flowers, and he kept pushing her to take the $20 bill. And um, so then this goes on and on with all of these good deeds (laughs) that he did. Um, And so he ended up giving out the sunflowers to other people and so it just went on and on. He just talked about his whole day was filled with good deeds and how it took a routine day and made it a very special day for him. It's a fabulous story. And for those millennials who don't know who John Wooden is and Woody Woodburn, these are legends in their times. And John Wooden, obviously, is the famed UCLA basketball coach. That's true. That brings us to the next chapter. I love this. I always love when you talk about true stories. The Joy of Giving, a Family Survival Story by Sky Khan. Yeah, Sky had a really interesting story because she performed her acts of kindness inside her own marriage uh, without telling her husband that she was going to do it. So uh, their daughter was fighting cancer and their marriage was really suffering as a result because they were so stressed. And so... Guy decided that she would secretly focus on five acts of kindness for her husband, and it completely turned their relationship around. So she decided that every day for one month, she would do the following things every day. She would give him her full attention, you know, not be too busy to pay Mm -hmm. attention to him. She would thank him for something that he did, even if it was some routine little task that he always did. She would thank him for it. She would not engage him in arguments because they were so stressed out that they would have arguments about little things. And she would give him many vacations. They couldn't take a real vacation, but she would give him time off from doing one one little task that he was supposed to be doing. And finally, she would make sure that she held his hand, that, you know, she maintained some physical connection with him. Uh, And so she did all of those things. She never told him that she was deliberately doing all of this, but it worked out. Their relationship got much better and their marriage survived the health crisis of their daughter. I chose the story simply because sometimes we take things for granted. It comes back to the concept of what we think is not important or relevant 
is very relevant. And if you pay attention to your everyday being, you'd be surprised on things that you pick up. And obviously, in her case, she just realized that, wait a minute, now I have to initiate something. And guess what? That ripple effect came back tenfold in so many ways. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the next chapter, Above and Beyond. This is a very interesting chapter, as well as this particular story. And I chose the story, Erie, Pennsylvania, by Jean Delaney, simply because I thought a lot of times when we hear about taxi cab drivers, they get a bad rap. I thought this was just a wonderful story. So please share that with us. Sure. So Jean and her husband were driving home to Ohio after spending Thanksgiving with her parents outside Buffalo, New York. So um, it was you know, not not a good time of year because it snows a lot up there. And so they were driving home. Um, the snow started falling, but they didn't think it was a big deal because they were used to that part of the country. And then all of a sudden it was a big deal because uh, they were on Interstate 90, which is famous for whiteouts, and visibility dropped to zero, and they got into one of those massive pileups, you know, where they hit a car and then another car hit them and then another car hit them too and then another another and it was just one car after another and it's just a big pile up of crumpled cars and you know then it got very quiet and then the screaming started mm-hmm. and she doesn't remember the ambulance ride to the hospital but she does remember the emergency room and she was kind of lucky nothing was really broken she was just bruised and battered but her husband was injured he had a compound leg, leg fracture. Um, so she took a taxi to a nearby motel and got a room. And the next morning she called a taxi again to go to the the lot and salvage whatever personal possessions she could from her crumpled car. And the taxi driver took her there and looked at that car and said, wow, that is really incredible. The taxi driver helped her open the tailgate and her car was packed with stuff because she had been driving from her parents' house. Mm-hmm. So she had all of her like old stuff that she was taking. You know how parents are like, take right. those yearbooks out of here. Take that high school stuff <laughs> out of here. So their car was filled with that. Taxi driver wouldn't let her lift a thing because she had just been in the accident. And he moved everything for her into his cab, drove her to the motel, unloaded everything into her room, then took her back to the hospital and would not take any payment for any of the rides. And all she could do is say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he said, I have a daughter about your age, and I'm just doing what I hope someone would do for her. And Jean has never forgotten the kindness of that taxi driver. Isn't that something? It's amazing. I mean, it's a spontaneous reaction, and we all have that ability to sort of be compassionate and understanding and really connect at the soul-to-soul level in so many ways. Yeah, and now, I mean, she's telling us that story. We'll never forget that story. That man's act of kindness not only was an act of kindness to her, but was, I guess, a life-affirming story for all of us, to make all of us feel Mm -hmm. better about the fact that there are nice people out there. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So as we close the show, I know there are a couple of stories that I'd really like to talk about, which is kind of neat. In chapter 10, eye-opening kindness. I thought this is a very interesting chapter, and I'm so glad you put it in there. The story that I really like in this chapter is The Prince and the Papa 
by Ava Cotta. Yeah, so this is a great example of how your first impression can be wrong of somebody. So she was on the subway in New York, and there was this homeless man she kept seeing, and he was she was on the subway late at night, and the homeless man was on the subway with her, and she was really uncomfortable having him there. And then this handsome stranger came onto the subway and started talking to her, and then she realized the handsome stranger was probably a threat and it turned out (laughs) that he stole her purse and ran off with it and then this homeless man who she had been afraid of chased him and got the purse and returned it to her and so it was just an example of how your first impression can be wrong and you shouldn't judge people based on their uh, appearance you know their clothing their economic status it was the homeless man who was the hero it's what is in the heart that matters most. And that's a beautiful story from that perspective. Chapter 11, I'm so glad you put this particular chapter in here. I know we talk a lot of times about holidays and so forth, but this is interesting because I brought up the concept of it's very difficult to receive. Let's talk about this. It's about receiving. This is the last story in the book, and to me, it's so profound. Well, I put it last because I thought it was a great wrap-up because it talks about the fact that you have to get over your shame and embarrassment for receiving a good deed and just accept it gracefully. Um, And so that's what happened with Sharon. Sharon uh, was having a difficult year, and a Marine squadron came by with one of those baskets of Christmas gifts, and she had to get over her shame and embarrassment and accept the gifts and move on to gratitude and acceptance. And they wrote a lovely card to her, Uh, which seems very appropriate for the Marines. It said, although the sea gets rough, no storm lasts forever. It's beautiful. So, Amy, do you have any recipes for living that you would like to share with us on this wonderful topic? Um, Yeah, I think that, that there are a lot of lessons in this that can help you lead a happy life that's filled with kindness and compassion and paying it forward. And the first thing is to actually help someone ask you for what they need. Um, And so that's the lesson that I learned from this, that it's, that it's, you should go up to somebody and say, look, tell me what you need. I want to do it for you. It will make me feel good to help you. Um, A second lesson I learned from this is that you should definitely look for opportunities to pay it forward. And some people, maybe they received a free meal in a restaurant one year and they spent five years looking for the right recipient so they can pay it forward. But it's a wonderful thing to have those saved up in, in your back pocket, those opportunities or those that desire to pay it forward. It's fun to look for the way in which you'll pay it forward after someone does something nice for you. Um, a third thing is not to be afraid to speak up and share your wisdom because we have these people telling us how just a few well-placed words made such a difference to them. Like that mm-hmm. woman who was at the doctor's office with the fussy baby. And then that woman saying, you know, we've all been there. It's just your turn turned everything around for her. And then another, another lesson that I learned was that you should not rely on your first impressions, you know, like Eva Carter in the subway. Mm-hmm. And then a fifth, Thing is to treat yourself by treating others, and that was a great lesson from Amy May Wiley when she made her 40th birthday so meaningful by doing good deeds for other people all day long. So true. 
Amy, thank you for the wonderful recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks on Tuesday morning, March 14. My guests will be Deidre Heidi and William Eintz. They are authors of The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. The book shares steps and moments you can send yourself into joy, wonder, and deep thoughts to experience life-changing awareness. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. Bye-bye. When it comes to music, all the choices can be overwhelming. But when picking a new car, the choice is clear. Get to Nissan now for President's Day savings on our full lineup. Shop at your local Nissan dealer and choose Nissan.com today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.